light on it. Am I to assume that something's happened already? Something is happening now. Oh, okay. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Joey. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you coming out. We, I haven't seen you in a long <laughs> nice time. We were just discussing that. I, it's funny because um, you and I are both friends with the lovely Mace Galoni. Yes. And the first time I spent any time with you was he was opening for Doug Stanhope and he was like, I have two guest list tickets and I'm giving them to you and Joey Camiso. And so I didn't really know you yet. And then we yeah. went from not really knowing each other to like hanging out all night. And it was really fun. Yeah. See, he seems really nice for a guy who doesn't answer my calls back, but he's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, I know. Uh, uh, yeah. It was, okay. Mace. Okay, I think this is what we were talking about before the podcast. Yeah. Like, I'm very uh, um, awestruck of that you guys like me as in a friendship way. Cause Why? Like, well, okay, because like I was saying is like how I knew you is like you're a mysterious figure that Mace was talking about. And then I guess with like what I am in comedy is not very confident. Wait, so when so a guy funny. like, yeah, apparently, and the, uh, <laughs> but I can't like, you know, I can't do it, uh, you know, over and over again the way I want to. Okay. Especially now with like just starting up shows again. Yeah, yeah. It's not really happening. Like I'm blurting a lot. It's like I'm yeah. getting on stage and like realizing that I don't know what the fuck's happening. Into oh, is you that okay? Swear. Shit. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. I should have asked. The, no, I love. Um, I love how this is going. Okay, so yep. what's happening? Yeah, I'm, I'm out of control with comedy right now because I have a lot to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> I had a daughter and all this. I oh, I broke four vertebrae in in June related to having a daughter uh almost but not really <laughs> i was making money to feed her but the uh that's about it and then i was on a lawnmower uh, i had a ground slide underneath me i washed out into a river oh my god no. my, my l1 to l4 uh transverse process on my vertebrae you know it's so funny when you oh said god. that you're you like said you broke those to make money i just pictured literally a guy who's like listen i'll give you 50 bucks per rib if i could just practice oh, okay. and it you have a boxing joke so we'll get to that a boxing joke you have a rocky joke oh yeah i, love. I do yeah you love that joke i love that yeah. joke. <laughs> that's real too that's hard uh, <laughs> so so mace mace so Kalani. okay so mace we were driving to yuck yucks one time and he was like uh kevy uh uh, we were I don't know how it happened I, I don't want to stroke my eagle but like, you know there you guys were talking about how good I was or something yeah uh, we did have that conversation more than once you know it's weird I sweat every time I acknowledge compliments it's very hard for me <laughs> the uh, I'll learn how to live with it and the, so uh Mace we were driving to the yuck yucks he says Kevy thinks you're pretty good we were talking and then I was like I didn't know exactly who you were, but I saw you around. Yeah. And you had different hair colors. <laughs> and then so already, and you wore like ironic, uh, like Nike apparel and old school football. Not ironic. Not ironic, but you I, know what I mean? No, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean like, to no, do but that. What you mean is that for what I look like, aside from my clothing, yeah. it's it's weird. I'm wearing like a Charles Barkley 1993 t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But and it, the thing is, is like if I was wearing it, it would be like, look what this guy's trying to do. <laughs> but it's like you walk into the comedy mix with like an Anaheim Mighty Ducks sweater or something, if I remember. It's like, uh, and it was like, it, this belongs. It okay, was like, it was you. almost like someone came to you with this, like, I found this. And you're the only guy who can wear this. <laughs> like, don't tell Joey. <laughs> so, yeah, it was nice to uh, get that con. And then I think the first time we actually hung out was going to the Doug Stanhope show yeah. where yeah. Mace was like, uh, 
uh, on stage, yeah. killing it, opening up for Doug Stanhope, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, I was I was happy that his crowd liked me. Yeah, because that that's a tough. weird. Like I don't know how that. Like I don't know how show business actually works. But the, his his <laughs> audience, like he Doug Stanhope, is like I don't want to do a venue where it's not my crowd. I'll just perform for my crowd because they know what to expect and they only like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's very nihilistic. Mm-hmm. Like his, I've heard him talk about it. Like he lives in Bisbee, Arizona, which is this little town. Oh, and he has he has a lot of money. He hosted the man show for like the last season and stuff. And he does well in stand up. But everyone, every comedian is like, yeah, I went to Stanhope's. His front door is just gone and he's not fixing it. Like that's the kind of person. So he's very nihilistic. Yeah. And so Mace oh, no. Galoni, I'm not sure if you've met him yet. No. He's like super into science and space. And his joke writing is very perfect. And everyone thinks he's Jewish, but he's not. And polite. He's very polite. <laughs> like- very sweet person. <laughs> So I was like, I wonder how this is going to go because that crowd is rough. And then he just went right in his atheism stuff. And I was like, good idea, Mace. Yeah. yeah Great yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he, he even ha- had a heckler. Oh, yeah. Which and the, the hecklers oh, yeah. at that show was like, like it, it wasn't um, uh, hurtful. It, it wasn't like that. But it was like, it, it's a rough heckler. It would be like, for me, it would be like, I don't know if I would be able to like get off get on the bull properly on that <laughs> but like uh, he and he did it with like his own charm he even said sir he even said yeah like, that's right and you're a hack sir and yeah. it was like oh. i forget how he burned them but he it was like dismantled. he got him back and it was great with like with a smile it was yeah. like he seems oh like God. he would be great at shining shoes in the third <laughs> like mace i okay i don't even know am i allowed to talk about mace of like of course yeah it's weird i like i feel like i should have asked him permission i don't do these <laughs> no, things a lot it's okay uh mace loves getting burned a little bit uh, he love he loves the attention and he knows that we're doing it out of love. Mace, I love you I do too. so much. I do too. <laughs> his, to see you his, soon. his phone, uh, he has caller ID just in embedded in his phone number. And so in my phone, but they fucked his name up. So it says <laughs> Nace Galoni. Oh. And he's like, yeah, uh, I don't know. Tell us uh, they did that. And you could just tell he sh- feels shame about it. But it's okay, Mace. Mace. He didn't do that. No. But I'm not changing it. You are Mace Galoni. Mace. Mace Galoni. Yeah. I produced Mace's album at Heckler's in Victoria. Mm. And uh, a very consistent album. We we used mostly just one show. Yeah. One. Oh. yeah. He's very good. Well, uh, yeah. He's uh, he. He's just an is comedy type of guy. Yeah. Like he's one of those stories. Is like first off, like I'm so jealous that he knew what he wanted to do when he was young. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he started working on it when he was 16, and then by the time he was like a a grown man, he was like the growing pains were gone. It's like yeah. I started like really late, yeah. and uh, I started when I was 29. I was like yeah. reaching 30, yeah, and the numbers were starting to like mean more. <laughs> and uh, it was just like, uh, what am I getting? There was, a, there was a bunch of, I guess I was looking for signs. There was a bunch of signs that told me like, this yeah. is, yeah, you got to do this. And then I, I did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm which, glad you did. You're very funny, man. You must have been the funny guy all, always, though. No. Really? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think I was like, I think I knew that I wanted to be the funny guy. Yeah. And I used to do things that used to blow up in my face constantly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, um, uh, Robin Hood, uh, Men in Tights. Yeah. 
there's a scene where Don DeLuise is doing like a, a, a Vito Corleone impression, yeah. but in the metal, in the it, like they're gonna whack Robin Hood, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so, and he does this bit where like he's uh, impersonating Marlon Brandle, and he's like. The other guy can't understand them. He's like, Don Giovanni, I don't know what you're saying. Like, I'm sorry, but I, I came back from the dentist and I left the cotton <laughs> balls in. Right? So I was like, I thought that would be funny, like, going to Christmas. And it was like, the whole family was there. And, like, the Godfather is actually, like, a family thing. Yeah. Because uh, we watched it every Christmas and Easter. Oh, wow. Because um, the dialect in that they speak Italian in the Godfather is very close to my grandparents' dialect. Okay. So it was one of those things is like, yeah. Nonno can understand it too. So <laughs> like, we got to watch the Godfather. <laughs> yeah. So it was a Christmas movie and you see like, like home videos with like, <laughs> and stuff in the back and Luca Brazzi being strangled to death. It was like, it happened. So I remember I, w- I was like, my mom even encourages like, yeah, I put some like stuff, some, some Kleenex, and I—I I think I had like a Hershey kiss or something too close to it. How so when I pulled it out to like do the joke from the movie, yeah. it was all disgusting <laughs> and, and chocolatey, and uh, so it was—it was one of those is like when a joke like it really hurt is like because it was bombing. Yeah, it wasn't on stage, but it was bombing. When I bombed was it? Oh, I was—I don't know when did the uh, it would have been. Like 1993, because um, it still stings. Oh yeah, yeah, because like it was Dave Chappelle's. I think it was yeah. my Dave Chappelle's first movie it because was. it was like a Robin Hood thing, but he had pumps. He had Reebok yeah. pumps. That yeah. was a joke. His so. name was Achu. Achu, son of a sneeze, and the uh, yeah. So that was like one of them, and then yeah, I think I was. <laughs> Yeah, I think through life, I was like, I was always trying to be a lot cooler than I was. So maybe my jokes, maybe my brand of humor wasn't there. Yeah. I got funny in uh, grade 10. Okay. Because, well, okay, wait, time out. There was something that I heard I was funny in elementary school. (laughs) Yeah. There was a guy who, uh, Nick Solmona, who if you need a bowling ball in uh, the greater (laughs) Toronto region, he's a great bowling ball driller. Okay. Uh, We were on the same bowling league. And we were in our elementary school. So there's a there's a bowling alley near my house in Woodbridge, Ontario called Woodbridge Bowl. Okay. And it's one of the most important places of my life. Wow. I really, really love bowling. It's very important to me. Yeah. My family's like a big bowl, was a big bowling family. Yeah. And um, so anyway, we were on the bowling league and we were in this play. It was about, um, it was about, we went to a Catholic school. So the play was about the angel <laughs> Who was telling everybody that Jesus was coming? Gabriel. Okay. So, but Gabriel had like a sassy attitude, a la Bart Simpson and yeah, stuff, because yeah. it was like, you know, grade eight. And I remember the joke was I had this meter stick backstage and I was kind of like stroking it. Like I was 13. So I was like, uh, I was like doing this big thing and I was cracking up all the boys. And then, because yeah. I remember every time I see him, he was like, Do you remember the meter stick in grade eight? <laughs> And it was like, that's my legacy and stuff. Oh, my God. But, yeah, but I w- it was very hard. I wasn't very popular, uh, it, like, in high school. Okay. It, w- it wasn't great. Like, I think I had it w- more friends than I thought I did, but I was very insecure. Yeah. And it was like, uh, I didn't fit in with the people maybe I wanted to. Yeah. Didn't mm-hmm. know how to be myself. That's, like, 
maybe three more podcasts. I'm sorry. I don't know. Maybe you want. No, I love this. There's a lot of feelings. And I, the, uh, the, your backstory is very similar to Dave Harris, by the way. Yeah. He's, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, the school stuff and him starting stand up late, even though he wanted to do it for like a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It, you guys it, be buddies. It's funny. We dudes. are kind of buddies. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a comedy hermit. I like to yeah. do my set and then cry in my car. By myself. Like, About so, it. Yeah. Because I don't drink beer, so I have to cry after my he set. He does his crying on stage. He does his it's crying like, on oh. stage. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like the most, on, like, that's the thing. He's like, he's learned how to be himself on stage in such an amazing way. Yeah. And like he's, his little. Well. Uh, I don't know. Because like some, you know, the thing with like for me. I think there's like there's a side of me that's like rational and there's a side of me that just had two espressos and it's, <laughs> it's kind of like right now. So, yeah, uh, I and the thing is, is like when it goes well yeah. and I feel great and I can't sleep for two days and he's like, yeah, I'm rolling joints and the weeds falling out of the paper because I'm shaking. <laughs> that's out. the pop. I call it the pop. Yeah. And like I had a good set. And then the problem is, is like maybe I'll have like a couple more natural sets after that uh -huh. and with like life priorities right now i'm not doing it seven days like i yeah. did when i started yeah yeah so it's like sometimes it's like a doubt like if i don't do stand-up for a week mm -hmm. i'll be like do, do i still got it this is like, yeah. do i have any business being here and then because everybody in the city works really hard mm -hmm. and i think i would like i mean i think i drive myself crazy with comedy <laughs> and uh and think about it a lot yeah but i don't do it as much as i probably should well, it's, I mean, it's tough right now. Like, yeah. Like oh, and now shows, it's crazy. But I think you're one of the most naturally funny people I know. Dude. That means a lot. Yeah. yeah course, man. That means a lot. Yeah. And it, you know what else I noticed about him? You, you probably have noticed this too, is everyone who I've, we, we were just with Randy Newmeyer. We were, we were talking about you coming on. Everybody likes you. Yeah. It's so oh. uncommon in this scene. Yeah. It's wow. so cutthroat and fucking everyone likes you. Yeah. Oh, wow. And you know what? I I thought that Randy probably would be the one that wouldn't like me too yeah, much. She likes like you. I, we always get along, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think like uh cuz she's a tech savvy, uh she's really good with her phone. She's actually helped me out with turning my uh brightness down a lot. <laughs> See, if she didn't like you, she wouldn't have helped you. She wouldn't have done that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's very nice to get comfortable. She probably would have been like, good. shut up. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> that Randy Newmeyer, very blunt. Yes. <laughs> that very blunt. That's true. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Everyone likes you and you're really funny, man. It's, yeah. so, it's so funny, though, because I've seen you do a lot of different sets and I've never, I, even when I've, I can tell when you think it's not going well and it's still funny. Like I oh. saw you go on at, at uh, Kino once. And you're, you're doing a bit and it was like a pretty small crowd and you stopped it to go, this is the worst fucking set I've ever had in my life. Crazy. Well, it's that like, um, yeah, I can't. Oh, boy. Well, the thing is, is like, oh, there's a couple. But I don't know if like I have bombed. I've bombed. I bombed like last <laughs> February. And it still gets me. Oh, like, man. I still think about it. Like, yeah. and the problem. So there was a guy from the my day job. He's a golf pro. So Whoa. if I just think about the wrong thing about the golf swing, and I think about that set, it's like, it's because it's all interrelated. And then that <laughs> oh, no. was the one where it was like, uh, something happened. Where Oh, it was the day I bought that yellow guitar I was telling you before. Uh, um, uh, so I smoked too much weed because I got a new guitar. 
I, <laughs> I, I had the guitar in the passenger seat and I went through like a, a drive through car wash and smoked a weed, smoked weed and and listened to it was definitely Van Halen one yeah and uh Eat 'em and Smile David Lee Ross first album without yeah uh and I just had to like imbue the guitar with yeah. me you know I don't know it was a weird thing it, it was had like to something... hear what it was in store for because and it was also <laughs> the, yeah it was just like I'm gonna fucking do this is like I felt so good is like yeah. it feels so good to buy a new guitar. It feels so awful like a month later when you realize you're still shit at it. But like the day you buy it is amazing. So I smoked a joint and then uh, a lot of joints. And I played <laughs> guitar. And usually like if I play guitar, if I practice, if I huh. practice with a metronome before going to a show, I feel, I don't know what I feel. I don't know if I'm good enough to feel anything. But like the, uh, you know what I mean? Like the acute, did I, did I do something different? But there's two things that really make me feel different on stage is playing guitar and yoga. Okay. Like if I do yoga just before a set, it's like I'm I'm on stage. Speaking her language right now. Yeah. I have a yoga She's teacher. No, oh, you're a yoga teacher. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. My uh, fiance like did a yin yoga teacher training oh, yeah. with Bernie Clark. Oh yeah. Who okay. is apparently the Jimi Hendrix of Yin Yoga in North America. Yeah. And uh like it was just random where she just wanted to pull the trigger on doing yoga. And uh and she finds out that she's with like people are traveling from Australia to yeah. take this class. Whoa. And for like a week when she was doing this retreat, she would come home and like float on the oh. sofa Ooh. and be <laughs> and, like so just good. talking about like see how you're standing up right now and just like move your knee a little bit to the left it's like oh this <laughs> standing up is so good yeah it's, it's so pretty fun. cool yoga is great i like oh, her yeah. pick her version of uh going through a car wash and smoking weed she probably has a yoga mat and she's listening to alan watts this <laughs> is what you're in store for <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh that's amazing. yeah well anyway so okay that uh, sorry i, I want to talk about yoga too and the that day i i'm going to the show Mm -hmm. and uh they brought me up to music yeah and it was white snake okay <laughs> which is excellent but it was <laughs> it was too much like oh everything's working out my way yeah, that yeah. i felt too good and then i see this guy that i work with yeah uh that he's probably just like saw a facebook post and he's like i'm gonna come and, and watch him and he was with a date it looked like a very recent uh interaction okay. and so he's there he's like and i think so because i saw him say he's like that's my friend and then you. i was like oh hey ho and, and then <laughs> it was like uh and I'm fucked because like <laughs> now all of a sudden like i want like this is three minutes into it and i was like I'm making sounds. <laughs> I was making sounds and it's like, I was trying to say, I was trying to save it. And it was like, Oh, the music is like, I bought a guitar and I was like, this is <laughs> oh, bad. No. And then the, the thing is I saw comics in the back start like flinching and like uh, Ryan Williams. Oh, well, he's who used very to be flinchy. a roommate and yeah. I, I feel very connected with Ryan and I know like what he thinks about comedy and mm. stuff. Uh, I feel, well, I feel I did and the uh but I, I know like I've been backstage with Ryan a lot so I know when he 
Like oh, when a no. when a comics joke doesn't hit, he feels it. Yeah, like a, very he, emotional. Uh, he gets yeah. it. Like he's so heart. He's got a big heart. Yeah. And so I saw him leave. <laughs> I saw him just like he because I know he was like I can't even watch this, and I don't know if it was like he was feeling sorry for me or yeah, it was yeah. just like Joey, you idiot. No, and it he was like, uh, well, because like, that's what you feel. Yeah. And I remember that drive. I was like driving down Hastings and I didn't even bother to turn the radio on. And it was just this, like, it was a scene from the Sopranos. It was like, I was yeah. feeling that farting sound as I was gripping the steering wheel. The, <laughs> and I was just intermittently going, ah, ah, ah. I was like, ah, yeah. ah, ah, I couldn't get a hold on it. I went to McDonald's to, yeah. to drown the, the feelings. And the flurries. And I was like rubbing my temples. And I was, I wasn't even paying attention to this lady who had the, she was like trying to get my attention. I was out. I was just like this. Like, and she had your order. She had my order. And I was like, my eyes were closed (laughs) and I was rubbing my temples and I was like, (laughs) but my teeth were clenched and I was like staring in the middle of the car and I just was like fucking bomb. And I punched the horn and went boing and she dropped the bag and the, the Coke. And it was like, I just drove away. I was like, I'm sorry. And I left. Oh, I left the Joey. McDonald's there. And then I went, uh, I, my, uh, Natalie, my fiance was sleeping and I woke her up because through the night I was going, ah, oh. <laughs> I was just oh. like these little, oh, no. it was fucked up. And Man. it's still like every once in a while. Yeah. I'll just be like, oh, walking and I'll just be like, oh. And, and like, cause that's a year later. So yeah. I'm over it a little bit. <laughs> I, I have that with interactions with people where I feel I was disrespected. Like, yeah. a year later, I'd be like, how dare you? And it's like, it just happened. When you got it, I should have said that. Yeah. Oh man. And, and I had it, yeah. I had it at a friend's wedding and I was, it was like fresh. So where was a person was rude to me. And then on Facebook memories, I realized it had been a year and I was still mad. I was like, okay, I got to let this go now. It's <laughs> oh so God. subtle that you don't know. Yeah. You're thinking about it. Yeah. You don't it, know that like you've let this turn into something it shouldn't be. we're both dwell on stuff at night, guys. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh me too. Are you? Though. Yeah. I definitely. hate that. If I could yeah. take one thing out of my brain with a lobotomy, it would be that. Oh. oh seriously I'm like still mad about this one time I like I was a kid and I was at a kid's birthday at a beach and I got lost and then the parent gave me shit for it I'm like you should have been watching me I yeah. still I was like mm. six I still remember it I'm still mad about her getting mad at me we'll find her on <laughs> Facebook marketplace oh we're not actually gonna beat her up okay I would never do that oh I didn't understand Facebook marketplace I'm just I was trying to do a ref I was actually trying to do a callback to something I realized you said before we even did the podcast that just didn't work (laughs) nobody's gonna get that psychosis with guitars yeah yeah I love that you bought the Steve Vai version yeah yeah great I love that you love like guitar hero music like well I yeah I do I do yeah I like it all I like to think that like I'm an indiscriminate music like yeah uh because i wasn't i was like um i was like every boy as a teenager yeah my mom had a great record collection yeah weird though she had every single beatles record on lp wow except for abbey road (laughs) and she just like tapped out at abbey road like she was like a beatles boy band wow fan and then maybe it got a little bit too psychedelic and she was just kind of like and then she had wings she had all. She had a lot oh, of Wings albums. It's like, like I'm still total, into McCartney. She's into McCartney like crazy. Yeah. Like it's crazy. And the uh, 
but yeah, and then there was like Led Zeppelin one, uh, which was hu- the hugest thing for me. It was like it, I would put it on when I play with my wrestling. Excuse me, when I play with my wrestling toys. Yeah. Communication breakdown sounds very much like the Ultimate Warriors. <laughs> it's uh, probably based on it. Uh, with, yeah, the dum 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 dum. Yeah, dun, yeah, dun, yeah. Right. So the I would use my Ultimate Warrior toy with communication breakdown. Nice. And then so rock was huge. And then the guy I was telling you about who eventually became my guitar teacher. Um, his name is Trevor Jankola. He's a, one of the uh, most amazing musicians in Canada. Yeah. The last time I heard him, he was playing this thing. One of those, like, like there's people who can play your favorite song on guitar, yeah. and then this guy's playing, like, an aria from <laughs> yeah. Frederico, blah, 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 or yeah, something. Yeah, from, yeah. And he's like, I just, you know, learned this. You want to hear it? <laughs> and it's like me and him in his room, and he's playing this guitar for me. He's like, I'll do anything you want me to. Right? He's so good. And um, he was in my drama class, so I failed four courses in grade nine. Yeah. Uh, just didn't do homework. I, I failed too. It's fine. You're yeah. in good company. Oh, was, yeah. She lived in a boat. Oh, you live in a boat in Green Yeah. Green? Oh, it's like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's cool. That's a, this should be, I feel like I should be asking you questions. Like, your life is more interested in me. All I got is insecurity that just let, led me to like good places. But like, yeah, you seem like you had, you knew what you were when you were six. I like, thought it was a pirate. Oh, you six. thought you were a pirate because you lived on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean think- when you told when you knew that the lady that the lady who was yelling at you was wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's something that I needed like therapy to figure out. It's like, oh, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't your fault. Yeah. Like, you knew it wasn't your fault. Yeah. Was, that's that's well, good. It just felt like it wasn't so much that I like wandered away that as as much as like I was lost by them. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, like this this isn't my fault. Yeah. <laughs> Turn around amazing. and you were gone. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I like hearing about your mom's music collection because my mom was similar where it was real. I, I have a young mom and music was really important to her to the point that I was, she was still in her pretentious about music phase when uh, I was a little yeah. kid. Oh, okay. Like she'd be like, nah, Tiffany sucks. Uh, Janet Jackson though. You know what I mean? Like she, she was a bit, and now she's kind of like everything. Like, mm-hmm. cause I was really like that too, where I was like really strict and mean spirit about what was good music yes which was like that's what how i was with like it was like well you don't listen to rock and roll (laughs) and stuff like i was like i was the guy like in 1998 i was in grade 11 yeah and i had a van halen patch on a jean jacket cool you got your but again like i couldn't really ride that wave it was like i needed to go like full patch but i just got the one patch that's and cool i was mad that i ruined the jacket that i got for a birthday and, like, all that oh, no. stuff. but like then trevor we did a play together in grade 10 because i took drama for easy marks and um <laughs> this guy he was like i because i remember like you remember columbia house yeah the 10 cds for a dollar yep so guess like whose discography discography had ten CDs at the time? Van Halen. Van Halen. So I bought my Van Halen for a dollar, and then didn't know about the scam. I was huge into Van Halen, uh, and then so was Trevor. And he was like, we were like practicing our lines for the play, and we we're in his bedroom, and he like busts out these solos from like the live album, and he starts yeah. doing these things like, oh my god, and then uh, but. He was one of these guys that, like, he can do a Rubik's Cube with one hand behind his back in 40 seconds. Wow. And then, like, he mastered, like, at 14, he was playing that Van Halen stuff. That's crazy. But that wasn't all he was into. So he was listening 
He had the yellow CD player that didn't skip the <laughs> Panasonic oh. Shockwave. Yeah, the sports disc The man. sport one. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> like I used to have to walk like this and yeah, like, oh, yeah. not skip it. Yeah. And he was listening to a weather report. Oh, okay. And then that's where like fusion jazz happened for me. Yeah. So I have this kind of like, I like music like a Merlot. Like I like, <laughs> I like Steely Dan. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, right now, cause like I have a newborn daughter is like, I've been crunching like Mozart and yeah. Tchaikovsky yeah. at home. And then also trying to give her like, I, I want to like, uh, been giving her like James Brown tunes to see if uh -huh. she would laugh at yeah. the how, yeah. and she does. <laughs> oh, that's It's great. like at oh, four cute. months old to living in America. It's like, ah. she, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she she digs it, so it's okay. But I heard like rock music at the right time for at the wrong time for a baby is too much of the wrong really? vibration. So it's like we're trying to do, huh. but then there is a part where it's like on my guitar, like I I like learning. Uh, I'm re I love funk. Yeah. Like I, and I would just, uh, my goal is like amongst all the flashiness that I do want to achieve. I also want to be the invisible guitar player. Oh, I love that. The just great rhythm player. disappear in a, in a groove. Yeah. Because that's what I've neglected my whole entire, like I always yeah. like the first thing I try to do is play eruption. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, when people ask me how long I've been playing guitar, I say three years, even though it's been 25. So it's like, Cause I need like three years is kind of like how good I am. <laughs> I feel like, the same way. I feel like I, sh I should be much better at technical aspects of playing yeah. guitar for how long I've been playing. But I'm not a practice scales guy. I'm a write songs guy. Uh, yeah. Which is I mean? another, which is almost better. Because the thing is, is like, I've been to a Joe Satriani concert. Mm -hmm. There's no girls. <laughs> I've seen Joe Satriani three <laughs> times. Yeah. I've been to G3 twice. Oh, you've been to G3? <laughs> and I've been to a John Mayer concert. I love John and Mayer. And it was like, yeah, John Mayer, I, I defend them as like, no one, no one really knows how good at guitar he is. He's playing Grateful Dead now. That yeah, the Dead and Co. Yeah, like yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. The Grateful Dead has been very. He's well. His his like. Uh, <laughs> I love this. Thank I, you for having of me. Course, yes. so great, of course, yeah. Thanks for coming. John Mayer's like, who he's dated and stuff. Yeah, outshines that he's actually a virtuoso yeah. guitar player. Like people don't really know that. And also, usually, virtuoso musicians aren't good songwriters. It's like one or the other. There is yeah. So he can do both. Um, and he's also like funny guy. So yeah. it's like that just gets lost, I yeah. guess. But I really like him. I didn't like him. And then I gave him a chance. And the reason I gave him a chance, because Questlove produced one of his albums. Mm. And I'm a big Roots fan. Sure. Mm. And love his drumming. So yeah. It's like, oh, well, it's like a stamp of approval. It's like, I'll give this a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, there was the same thing. Who is the the cell phone guy? Was it, is it Drake? Drake. It's Drake. Mm, yeah. Okay. It's okay. I only, you, like you know, the first time I saw Drake's face is when I got on the Raptors bandwagon last year. It's like, <laughs> oh, is that Drake? And then, cause like, I think I've heard him, but it was like, it's not nothing that I went after. Yeah. And, uh, cause I find with music is like when you get addicted to like, right now I'm getting addicted to session players. Mm. Like, cause I feel like they're the athletes of music. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm into, Steve Lukather a lot, yeah. a la Sam Tonning, who's a very big... Sam's uh, yeah. very into that stuff. So it's yeah, same with Harris. Do you know what Sam's like an incredible bass player? Yeah. We had a set at Laugh Lines and he said his buddy's playing at a bar and at Commercial Drive. So we went for like the third set. And then it pretty much is like, he didn't even let him finish his beers. Like he talked to his the bass player and he's like, uh, he called Sam on stage and play, Sam played for like... 
uh, 40 minutes just what? out of nowhere and yes. he like never played like three of the songs before and yeah. he just oh like God. sat in is like you son of a bitch yeah, he's just it's like every time he says like no you're a pretty good guitar player is like fuck you it's like <laughs> i know you know he well his and his taste is improvised jazz That's oh yeah his favorite thing yeah it's uh, we so can it the first time me and sam tawning uh I forget exactly how the okay. I gave him a ride home one time, <laughs> and I had uh, Lee Rittenauer, okay. who's like, um, yeah, he, you've everybody's. He's one of those guys you've heard him if he's if you're listening to like adult contemporary radio. Yep. He's on probably four out of ten songs <laughs> from like the seventies to eighties yeah. and stuff like that. He shined up a lot of things. I think he played on Steely Dan. And uh, he had this like fusion jazz album called Captain Fingers. And it's a very <laughs> spirity, blah, 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 you know. Oh my God. Anyway, so he was like, and then it, it wasn't like a lot of people would be like, oh, what the hell is this? And I would bore them with like, this is Lee Rittenauer. <laughs> yeah. And then Sam is like, Lee Rittenauer. And it was like, I love, who are you? <laughs> and uh, the, the time it was solidified is like we were finishing a show at Kino. I was giving him a ride home. Because yeah. then it'd be, for, I find with Sam is like, I want to give him a ride home. Because <laughs> yeah. he's either going to give me like a new tune or we're going to reconnect on a tune that we both love. Oh, I love that. And yeah. uh, he was like, you mind if I put on some uh, Larry Carlton? And I was like, oh, wow. I, th I thought you'd never ask. And that was the... Uh, <laughs> That you know was, who else could join your crew? I think is Jacob Samuel. Jacob Samuel can for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. indeed. Yeah, <laughs> I've shared some uh, some music with Jacob Samuel. Yeah, he's he was the guy, other guy who he didn't know it was Lee Rittenauer. But I remember like I, uh, like it came on when he got into my car with this like outrageous yeah. drum fill, and uh, and then he was like. I, I think he said it was like I love you for that. <laughs> like, it, was nice. yeah. it was very good. Yeah, and he played guitar for a long time. And yeah. he has really funny stories about when he played in bands before he did stand up. Oh, he played in bands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like finding out who switched to being a comedian and was yeah. playing music. There, there's a very interesting relation with like how what people uh what music comics listen to yeah and like the kind of type of comic they are or totally. at least i wouldn't say that because like me and sam are like totally different comics yeah but it's like i think we get the same funny for sure absolutely yeah. but you, you know what is funny too is like coming from a music background there just because i've been playing music since i was like 14 there's certain things that's just not cool to like yeah but <laughs> comedians will be fine to like that thing because it's not their industry like what and, well, like, I remember hearing that comedian Ari Shafir being like, Counting Crows are so good. And it's like every one I grew up with was like, ew. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But now I'm in a place where I'm like, yeah, I can see that. But yeah. that's like being like a comedian being like, Dane Cook is the best comedian ever. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's, that's what I used I to say. Both sides of it. You I did. I, mean? I did. I was a teenager who thought Dane Cook was. I loved uh, his first album too. too. Yeah. Oh, with the punching the shark in yeah. the face. Yeah. It was like. Harmful of Swallows is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was that, like, I remember, and that was around the time where uh, it was actually way earlier that I my family there was always stand up around when mm -hmm. i was 13 is when i got to delirious oh yeah and it just seems like it, that's a memory for people it. yeah yeah it's like for people our age is like you watch it because your older cousin or something will say that you can't and then you find <laughs> the vhs tape and yeah. then it's like you shouldn't have <laughs> and yeah. you're 13 and like talking about like it's yeah. so funny is like 
how like I grew up and realized how raunchy oh, that yeah. was for like a 13 year old to be talking about. <laughs> but at the time, that, you're but... just he's just so charismatic and funny, it's, and yeah. it's so quotable. Yeah, it's so quotable, <laughs> yeah. and it's still like Mary's in because like every time uh, I'm huge into Mar- very competitive with Mario Kart. And uh, see Dave Harris too. These Dave Harris like Mario Kart. Oh, it's it's ritual that you do beer me and then you play Mario Kart. I don't drink while I Mario Kart. (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't. (laughs) We have a belt. We have a Mario Kart belt. (laughs) And uh, there's like a a friend of mine. There's a bunch. We almost have like online like twelve racers. We've got up to like eight with like a bunch of friends like high school and then just like good we're still all good friends yeah and like we got like a guy he just got his phd he's a professor at <laughs> the uh university of carlton wow in ottawa as like another guy he works for like this guy he's a big wig at discovery channel <laughs> and we get on like mario kart and it is just it was it's crazy like there's sometimes <laughs> where, so funny. where it's fun where it's like we laugh and then you could like we're all online and do it's the only like i'm not a gamer yeah but i got the headsets i got everything <laughs> I and i have a steering wheel i was gonna ask yeah yes because yes. i won't drift with the norm with my thumbs anymore <laughs> it like it took me a while to get into it so anyway i forget what i was saying mario um, kart uh what are we talking about mario kart will you tell the michael douglas story Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm yeah. I, uh, you guys are giving me like the opportunity to just like open up yeah, and we're having fun with the year that's going on is like, I've been, Oh and yeah. And I haven't like worked since June cause I broke my back. <laughs> oh, Oh my God. Yeah. I broke, I uh, broke the vertebrae. I, I don't know if I told it at the top. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I fell down a hill with a lawnmower. Oh, God. It's yeah. Uh, so it's been a little crazy. Like for three weeks, I couldn't pick up my daughter. And then Aww. now I'm realizing that it's like I have coffee when I leave the house and when I see people yeah. that I like and I haven't seen in a while, it's like <laughs> I can't wheel myself in. And I guess maybe because like life is good. So I just like spew. That's great. So yeah. Okay. So you, uh, yeah, I was. And it's just so amazing that I was reading your text on the shitter yesterday. <laughs> and, um, I was looking at what you might have wanted to talk about. And the first two things are like a time you were humiliated and a time you met a celebrity. So I, uh, I grew up in a place called Woodbridge, Ontario. And this is a, an interesting place because it's like a cultural anomaly of like every single Italian baby boomer okay. uh, moved there when Toronto got like big and diversified and stuff. Is like it seems like this. There's like these two building companies that build these houses that mostly all look alike. There's like four different models. Yeah. There's seven different colors of bricks. We got the red. The uh, the purple ones are usually like the nicer interior. Yeah. Model three, I think, green park construction, and uh, everybody lives in Woodbridge, and it was like, and everybody's pretty much Italian. Is like I'm half my mom's Polish, which made me and my sister kind of like an outcast really yeah like it was weird because i remember i would go to like uh like my friend's house after school and it would be like how come you don't speak italian like your dad's calabres and it's like well because we don't speak italian at home because my mom's not italian so it's like oh it's a shame and it would be like it would be guff it would like they would call me a munja cake because like that's the Italian slang for non-Italians. They call them like cake eaters. Because they just eat like yeah. It's a weird uh so and but then in the middle of Woodbridge, and like this was um 
there was a band called the Duops who wrote like a uh, a Weird Al kind of cover of No Woman No Cry, and okay. it was No Gino No Cry. <laughs> And it was about Highway 7 and Weston Road, which is where I grew up, which there was a bunch of coffee shops that if you look like just around like 97 to the early 2000s, it was disgusting. What youth was doing with their times is like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes even Sunday is like you would just see cars in these parking lots, like our lineups to go through the Tim Hortons drive through. There would be Tim Hortons country style and coffee time and it would be like oh you go to tim's it's like i go to the country style bro. <laughs> right and then like um and everybody had like a tricked out civic and it would just you just see pillars of smoke because they would do burnouts and like revving engines and boom, 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 dj tiesto and like uh, i don't know they said test testio or i don't know yeah, you said it right <laughs> dj testicle <laughs> Sorry. and the uh anyway so in the middle of Woodbridge, there is the number one golf course in Canada. It's called the National Golf Club of Canada. And it's kind of been like a very interesting place in my life because like my oldest, one of my older cousins, Michael, uh, got a job there because he's like a prodigy golfer okay. and got a, like worked his way up as a caddy and then worked inside the golf club. Um I think he was, I forget what, uh, he was like an attendant. He was like the maitre d' for golf clubs. It's like, you got to wash, when you're at a certain golf, echelon of golf, it's like, you got to scrub people's clubs. And okay. it's like, like everything's really nice. Boy? It's like, you know, uh, have his clubs ready. He, this member doesn't want his putter washed. Don't touch his putter. You uh, know? Okay. It's like, you know, wash never wash his off. driver yeah, and, yeah. and all that <laughs> stuff. And my cousin Mike excelled at that and got really good at golf. He was the first cousin to work there. And my cousin Artie worked in the back shop and then the pro shop. Then his younger brother, Frank, who was a big here, he was the closest to me in age. So he was like a good older cousin for me. He uh, gets a job there. And then it's my turn. I'm 14, 15 years old. And uh, I, I get an opportunity to caddy <laughs> at the number one golf club in Canada. And like the way everybody talked about it, like, I didn't really know yeah. what it was until now. Like I still work in the golf course business. Yeah. So it's like now people ask me, is like, how was it to work at the national? It's like, <laughs> what did they give you for lunch? Oh my and God. it was just very funny. Cause like the first time I worked on maintenance, it was a day after like a big gala and they had leftover quail. <laughs> So wow. I remember like the first day at work, I was eating quail for lunch <laughs> oh, no and with way. like quail eggs stuffed in with like a truffle gravy. It was wow. uh, uh, intense, right? Because yeah. it's the number one golf course in Canada. There's only 410 members allowed there. Oh, wow. And, uh, and it's crazy. Like, uh, I forget who was a member. Well, a bunch of like, there, there was a, a guy who was a stunt coordinator and he did like uh, all of Sway Patrick Swayze's stunts in Point Break. Sick. he did a lot of like huge yeah. and so but he was a canadian and he moved and he just went back and forth it was it was crazy and then there was a people that like there is like this two the matsudas uh there's these two <laughs> japanese elder people that would because it's a men's only golf club oh and uh no women um allowed except for tuesdays before 11 <laughs> and saturdays and sundays Ladies after night. three hey. and then I think it was almost restricted to like on certain Saturdays and Sundays, you had to be related, married or Whoa. related to golf. Right. Cause it's like, 
this big egotistical like men's only club and they even built the restaurant so that uh they had glass doors going into the locker room so it wasn't appropriate for women to be in this sacred lounge right they did and there's even golf clubs in chicago that it's an open concept clubhouse that that old rich men like have brandies while they're naked just to make the argument that women should never be allowed in our in our lodge right wow. it was like the weirdest thing too because i like my first job was at richmond country club and like i used uh, to work at like the the little like uh lunch shop like yeah. along the golf course oh the tea house the, yeah. yeah and there was like there was always like um like in the kitchen i worked in there was like a special window just for the men's lounge and then the women's lounge was like tucked away like on the other side like it's not crazy. kept up at all it was like it's crazy yeah. i remember because when like my, <laughs> my older cousin mike worked at the golf course my mom used to drive him to work and it used to be like, Aunt Barb, do you think you can just drop me off at the gate and not come Ooh, in? Aunt Barb can't go in there. Yeah. Right? So I remember I got I got a job as a caddy. And uh, it was like, it was it was prestigious. It was like, I remember you sit on this little knoll. The caddies sit on this bench and wait for a job. And you see these Ferraris roll in. And it's, it's just amazing, right? Uh, I was a terrible caddy because... <laughs> When I look at the sun, I sneeze. <laughs> I don't know if you ever like if you've met anybody who sneezes when they look at the sun. No. And it was very tough during the beginning of COVID because every time I got out of my car, I sneeze. So I was like, I had my own parking lot sometimes. It was like in March and April, I would get out of my car and sneeze religiously, sometimes three times. Oh my and God. it's a hard sneeze where I like I can't really be holding anything important when I sneeze. It's, it's a big one. So uh, I remember I was like, this guy was hitting into number 12 green and I was trying to try. No, it was, I was trying to anticipate where the ball was going. That's oh, what a good no. caddy does. So he's winding up in his backswing and then I catch an eye full of sunlight. <laughs> and I remember I was going to sneeze in his backswing and I held it in and I exploded my throat. I remember I like I heard like, you, you know, when you're underwater and you feel your head cave in. I, I did that with a sneeze oh, no. and my th- my throat was sore and stuff. It was bad. And I was I remember I bought my first police album that weekend, too. <laughs> So I was always humming like message in a bottle <laughs> and he was like the guy, uh, it was Dr. Khan and he didn't give me enough money. Okay. It was supposed to be $25 for an entry level caddy. He gave me $22. Oh no. And I think I said, Khan. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I like Star Trek too young in life too. But yeah. the, uh, uh, so yeah. Uh, and I read, he even commented on like, you know, you, you were kind of like off at the switch, I think he said. So I think that summer I speckled caddying with working at my dad's grocery store. But the next summer I got a job in the back shop. Now you get a uniform, you get a name tag yeah. with the national leaf on it. Yeah. You get to drive golf carts oh. up and down. You get a walkie talkie. It's like, That's can so I get Mr. Bad. So-and-so's clubs? Yeah. It's like, shh. Bring the clubs up. Now, I was a disaster at that one. My first day driving a golf cart, my first 15 minutes on shift, I caused $3,200 damage. (laughs) I cracked the steering column. It was like, so the first one I was driving this golf cart and there's like this hill with an elbow. And I was like taking it very gingerly. But the guys who worked there, like they were whipping these carts around that they would even like drive the cart so fast down the hill and jump out. 
as to like not waste time parking the cart so the next guy would just like grab the moving cart and like park it where it needs to be <laughs> cool. these guys were aces like these guys were yeah. good at golf carts like fast i was just getting it i took a corner too wide <gasps> someone took it too tight our tires touched oh, no. and i and then the steering wheel was just like spinning around and then i remember after like because my older cousin worked there that everybody kind of took care of me and it was like a guest did it or something so it was like um nice. yeah so that was going on and while this is happening uh i'm into i'm into acting as yeah. like i it's grade 10 yeah i'm feeling good about life it's like i find i'm making people laugh in improv classes and it was good and it's like i did some after school like drama fests and my school was good at it they would like rent a theater downtown and rent their like studio part yeah and like make it like you did a theater downtown and it felt really good it was the ford center of performing arts and when we did our play uh, uh showboat was on Ooh. so we got to watch showboat for free there you Old, go Old Man River. Perks. and then perks <laughs> right yep. so i i'm loving life and then i'm gonna be an actor and he, even this like the stunt man was like yeah, well, like, you know, when you're done high school and stuff and whatever, is like, you got to do this. And he told me about headshots. And I remember he told me and I wasn't, like, on totally on board. And, like, now, <laughs> uh, fast forward the story. is like, I'm 18. I'm still working at the golf course. And the friends that I did drama with in high school, some of them went to, like, the film school of Toronto and stuff. Yep. So I was doing like their student projects and still kind of feeling connected to being an actor. Yeah. And I remember like one time I had to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. And I had to be older. I was like 19, but I had to smoke like a 35 year old guy. <laughs> and uh, like I had problems. I had a relationship and stuff. And I remember like the, the sound guy was saying is like, I can watch you smoke like all day. <laughs> and yeah, and I remember, like, I was, like, my dad watched a lot of old movies, and I remember, like, the uh, James Gardner smoking in The Great Escape, the way he he would ghost the, is it ghost? Yeah. yeah. They, uh, <laughs> it made me want to smoke, but it was cool, not the right thing, but, so, uh, I, I was feeling like I want to act, and then uh, Benicio Del Toro is breaking out. Yeah. Usual Suspects is done. Snatch is happening. Traffic. Yes. Traffic. Okay, here we go. Who's in traffic? Benicio Del Toro. Uh, and the, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. We don't have yeah. to. There's a lot of great actors in it, totally but fire for fire. this story, I think I'm going long already. <laughs> Michael Douglas, right? So I watched Traffic three times in the movie theater. Wow! And there was a before Traffic. There's a movie called The Way of the Gun. Yep. Uh, Ryan Philippe. Ryan. Yeah. And I used to like comb my hair like Benicio del Toro. Yeah. I loved Benicio Del Toro. And I was like, <laughs> Me and it was too. like, when I'm going to, an actor, I'm going to be like Benicio Del Toro. Because I love it. And then, and also at the time, it was like TBS, the Superstation, was doing a run of the American president. And is like um, Annette Benning and Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas is a president who is a widower and he's dating a lobbyist. And Richard Dreyfus is a Republican using this against them. And it's a nice romantic comedy. And then a, a nice monologue <laughs> uh, press conference in the White House where Michael Douglas is expressing his love for Annette Bening. It's really nice, right? <laughs> so uh, I'm at the golf course. And like at this point, I've met a couple. I met Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Cool. I met Shooter McGavin. Ah. And Craig T. Nelson from Coach. Yeah. And it was like, ah, and I would just like, I would get autographs on the scorecard and stuff. <laughs> Means nothing or whatever. 
And then uh, the scorecard. Uh, and then I like, I'm looking at, I'm starting work and I'm looking at like the guest tags. And like, I, I was seeing like, uh, this guy's like a show business guy. Uh, what, I forget the memory. He wasn't the stuntman, but he was, an, I think he was big in the music business. Mm. Produced the doors, actually. The doors after like the doors of the the 20th century they yeah, call yeah. it the 213 or something yeah yeah Shh. anyway <laughs> the uh i mean the, <laughs> i'm I shitting on the doors i feel like a, <laughs> anyway i think he was playing so there's like m douglas and i was like wait a second is like m douglas is like is this michael douglas <laughs> yeah and they were, and then everybody was like yeah and it was like Oh, wow. It was like, <laughs> this is amazing. And then I like, I turn around and he was walking out and I was like, oh, and I like, I think two nights ago was the third or second time I saw traffic. Yeah. No, no, no. It was the third time because I, I have a tough time watching Michael Douglas movies now. Oh, because of the story? Yeah. And then also <laughs> let's, let's rewind to like when I'm eight years old. My favorite movie, my favorite two movies, because we had a VHS mixtape of Romancing the Stone yep. and Jewel, the Nile, a Jewel of the Nile. And it was Kathleen Turner yep. and, uh, and Michael Douglas. And it was like, a, <laughs> it's a good romantic action movie. Yep. And I remember I was trying to like do a, a, a makeshift turban like he did <laughs> yep. in Ro uh, Jewel of the Nile. Yep. And I was in like a, a Bowerings or something like that with my mom. And I knocked over a crystal vase <laughs> because of this. And then my mom even made me believe that like, he was like, she, he made me pay for it. And then I think a couple years ago, she said, it's like, oh no, it's like, it was insured. It was like, oh no. And it's like, you mother. And then, so uh, the, uh, okay. So Michael Douglas is now behind me. Yeah. And then the only thing I can say is, uh, How was it working with Benicio Del Toro? Uh, and then I, I think I even made that sound where I was like, ah, oh, no, you, you fucked it up. Because he was just like, it was good. He's, he's good. And like, you know, the guy's going, the guy's looking through his golf bag. He's trying to figure out what golf ball he wants to use and stuff. And, and so it was like, it was just like, he walked away, he went up to the driving range and he started playing golf. And then um, my buddy was like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know how to talk. Cause I like, I always talked about being actor. They, they called me the actor because I would do like the after school stuff. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, it looks like you're going to make it. Like, oh, oh no. no. So later, later we get a call. I get a call from the back shop that someone needs a lift from the 11th hole. Uh, they need to leave the golf course. Yeah. So I drive to the 11th hole. And I pick up the golfer that needs to go back to the parking lot. And Michael Douglas looks at me and is like, no, not this kid. And it was Michael Douglas. So I was like at the furthest point of the, the parking lot. Yeah. And like at this point, it was like, because I'm, I'm seeing him like, like, I'm, this is like my chance. Yeah. This is it. Like Michael Douglas, like I live five minutes away from this golf course. Yeah. Michael Douglas is my destiny. I want to be an actor. Michael Douglas is here <laughs> and I fucked up already. <laughs> oh, no. I talk about Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> oh, so, no. and then I was just talking, I was like, I watched your movie the other day again. And then, and he was like, <laughs> what? And it was like, <laughs> 
American president is like, and I, and this is a true story. Like I used that monologue for like my grade 12 drama. Yeah. like, I used your monologue and I got 80%. <laughs> and he was like, that's great. I see. I think you want to be an actor. He's like, yeah, I love movies. He's like, you know, Kirk, Doug uh, you know, <laughs> your father. And I was like, it was like your father is like, I watch your father's movies. And like, and, and he, the problem is that like, he'll never remember me. Because I bet, like, he's known to, like, I'm a category of people. But, like, you have no idea what happens to me. Is like, when I watch Michael Douglas now, like, yeah. I, I can't watch Michael Douglas movies. <laughs> I want to because he makes great movies. I love the game. Yeah, I love the game, too. Game's great movie. Yeah. But anyway, that was my, uh, oh. it was, like, it, that's the total, like, the residual embarrassment. Oh. That I should have said that. I should have said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like 19 years old and it was like, it was Michael Douglas. It was fucked up. It was like, it was hard to comprehend. And I haven't really done well. I haven't met too many celebrities after. Uh -huh. There was one that was like, it was interesting because I did a show for Jake the Snake Roberts. I, oh, I opened for Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm a huge wrestling fan. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. To the point that me and my buddy Robbie Razzle actually enacted... Uh, uh, a Jake the Snake match. He had a feud with um Rick the Model, yeah, who was like a, a model, yeah, and he didn't like the way the audience smelled, so he would go around oh, with yeah. a canister of perfume <laughs> and spray them, and the perfume was called arrogance. So he sprayed the arrogance in Jake the Snake's eye, and they did this thing where like he put a contact in, and then all of a sudden he didn't have any pupils. Is like his, they put like a white solid contact in as if like it erased his eyeball. <laughs> and then they had the bandages on where it took him like six months to see again. Oh and then to, to finish the feud, they had a blindfold match where both wrestlers couldn't see <laughs> because he blinded him. Right. And it's like one of the best. If you want to lie, like, you know, people watch wrestling and shit on it or whatever. If you want to get over yourself and have good entertainment, <laughs> I love it. Yes. watch Jake the Snake and Rick the Model Martell in WrestleMania 7. The, they're blindfolded. It's beautiful. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so good versus evil. Yeah. It's like it's a great story. Yeah. Like the guy's walking around and he thinks he's got Jake the Snake and he punches the metal and he's like, ah. <laughs> and he gets scared because he touches the snake. It's like, it's so great. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Joey, I yeah. could talk to you forever. Was that this the, was the Michael Douglas story you that delivered? That was amazing. Did it deliver? That yeah. should be its own clip, I think. I also think oh you God. should. My heart. I know. The, all the golf, golf stuff is like, so like, it, it, do you do material about that? Yeah, it happened by accident. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, so um, <laughs> five, six years ago, I was very lucky to be renting a place with my PhD buddy, Vince Anderson. The, um, oh, maybe I might discredit his professor. Anyway, the, uh, I don't use grammar the same way as him. The, uh, so we had a lawn. And uh, we had some friends over. And the lawn, it was whatever. We, we had a backyard. We had a barbecue. And it was fine, right? Mm -hmm. And then we played some bocce. I love that. As one does. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, <laughs> and it was kind of like there was a lot of clover. And the lawn was crazy. And then Vince, and then it was kind of like, oh, you know, next year doing what I do, cutting grass all my life. Yeah. And also 
this is no lie. This is, you know, when you finally discover yourself and you really like with, with comedy, before I started doing comedy, yeah. I realized I used to skip school to watch the Just for Laughs oh, yeah. reel in the morning because they wouldn't play on the comedy, the Canadian Comedy Network. They yeah. wouldn't play the same reel in the afternoon. So yeah. sometimes, you know, it was too much pot the night before. It affected <laughs> me differently back then. <laughs> yeah. I would, you know, uh, I so it was one of those like, oh, I always did love comedy. Yeah. And then um, this is like a true story. I it was like it was October. Yeah, is the nineties, yep. and uh, my dad was watching Monday Night Football, and I got really like fascinated with like how the checkers got on the field. <laughs> and I went like the next day. I went from school, and I tried to like I thought that they cut the height, the grass at different <laughs> heights to make the the stripes. Yeah, so I remember my neighbors still talking about how I I fucked up my mom's lawn, and it took like. <laughs> two cuts to erase the the butchery that i did because i put anyway so then i worked for like this go the after caddying after all the like the social awkwardness with michael douglas i burped into the microphone i'm sorry the, like the espresso the uh so i uh what happens okay so i love cutting i've learned how to cut grass i i, I worked for maintenance I realized that that was way better than dealing with members because apparently these guys are like, like these are millions. Okay. Well, I think that what hasn't been tackled as an amazing show yet, I shouldn't be telling the whole world or like, I don't know what your <laughs> listenership is. It seems pretty, you're popular guy. The, uh, but like no one talks about like the private golf club is where all the millionaires go to play. Yeah. These yeah. are all these corrupt bastards. It's like, it's all these <laughs> interesting stories getting together. So anyway, you should write that. I'm serious. Yeah, uh, I know, but I'm a lazy man. The, uh, <laughs> which is why, you know, the, uh, this is why I cut grass. <laughs> the, uh, it's funny because like, ah, fuck, I should. Anyway, cut that one out. <laughs> okay. the, uh, the owner of Yuck Yucks told me not to talk about my day job on stage. But I, so this is why, this is five minutes to tell the story. So I cut grass. I've cut grass, the number one grass for my whole life. We're playing bocce in the backyard. Vince is like, do you think we can kind of get the grass crazy? <laughs> like golf course crazy? And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, we can. I got these poor PhD students on their hands and knees with screwdrivers. Sounding like a tough guy. It's like, I don't want to be like an asshole, like a normal landscaper. I like, worked them, but like, we got our, we got every single weed from the root. It's like, because some have tap roots that go down. If you cut them, it's like, it's a, it's the hydra. Okay. It's like more, oh, like it okay. gets a thicker root and it's a more of a problem. So we, choke these weeds out we put them on the sidewalk to die in the sun like the romans is like get out of my fucking backyard and we got a beautiful amount of we got some soil yeah. and some grass seed is like um uh it might have been borrowed from one of the top five golf courses in canada okay. and um, <laughs> so this thing grew in amazing i remember people used to walk by it was in north burnaby people used to walk by the alley and this one guy comes in, he's like, excuse me, but my girlfriend wants to like walk barefoot on your grass. <laughs> Can you do that? And I was like, yeah, but just like at the edge, like, so it's out of play. And I used to like cut this thing. I mean, like I, I would got really crazy about the lines. So I remember when we planted the lawn, uh, the, uh, I didn't do any comedy. And that was like, I was still kind of young in comedy and I was doing like a lot of shows. So I felt guilty about like not writing because we spent 12 hours like shoveling sand and making yeah. it nice and level. 
And then the next day I was at an open mic and I was like writing down things about, I was like, you know how girls <laughs> get lipstick on their teeth and like <laughs> just stuff that were like, why do you like, I look at a lot of stuff that I used to write is like, why am I trying to talk? But anyway, so it was like, I was like, ah, I don't know what to do. So I went on and I, my thing was, is like, it's an open mic. I'm going to talk for five minutes in one breath about the grass I planted yesterday <laughs> and it. then just see what happens. And it's like, it was one of those, it was all comics, which is like a different dynamic yeah. where it's that room that you know, it's going to be, they're unhelpful. It's, it's not a show. They're <laughs> not helpful. But if you get like a, a gesture, yeah. if someone chuckled, yeah. that could mean yeah. a good, like, I'm going to trust that at a different venue. Yeah. So Ryan Williams is just at the back, like, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, just write a goddamn. The, uh, so I remember it was one of those, like, I listened to the tape the next day and was, like, listening to the laughs and was like, this is, like, not, this laughter is not from this audience. Like, this was really good. Yeah. And, like, people laughed like, you know, it was, it was one of the, I felt good. And yeah. then a couple people were like, that was a really good set. <laughs> like, that was amazing. And then two weeks later, um, the door guy at Yuck Yuck's, Doug, yeah, was, um, uh, he was like, how come you're not doing that grass thing? <laughs> and I was like, what grass thing? And uh, <laughs> he was like, two, like two weeks ago, you had like 12 Kings and you did this grass thing. And I was like, oh, that was just like an exercise. And he's like, well, you know, you, you, I think there's like a, a half house tonight because of the fireworks. So like you should try it out. Like tonight's the night to try it out. So I tried it out at a club for the first time. I got an applause break. Oh, wow. And then I tried it out at the comedy mix <laughs> and it got like two applause breaks. <laughs> and then I got an email like a few months later where it was like, uh, it was the first Vancouver Comedy Awards. Yeah. And it was like, it got nominated <laughs> for the best clean joke in the city against like Mace, <laughs> wow. Ivan Decker. Yeah, yeah. And I forget who the third guy was, but it was like, I'm nominated with these guys. Wow. And maybe, uh, maybe Harris Anderson. Yeah. And it was like, and that was an interesting thing because, <laughs> because everybody like who's actually in show business has really good headshots and mine <laughs> it looked like i spit on your microphone again the uh uh it looked like i was at uh walmart <laughs> and i got like the thing to apologize to my mom and like he made me put my foot over here so i can put my hand under my chin a certain way oh and my it's God. like he, I think he even combed my hair a little bit to like just be a little bit more like grade nine yearbook. So it's got this like, and I was into like, I, I thought, because I, I am a fan of 80s comedy. So I thought like the suit yeah. is very important because I didn't really, like I got into comedy and I always like, whenever I thought about comedy, I would always watch TV and it was like, what special school did these people go to? Yeah. Like what skill like did they have to acquire to get, this and like because yeah. like this is this is uncanny like yeah. the way they can just talk about everything and know about everything and stuff yeah and so anyway i didn't know so i and i remember <laughs> like the thing uh when i started comedy uh bill cosby wasn't a rapist yet <laughs> so i was always my thing was to wear like a sweater yeah 
to celebrate the guy who shouldn't have inspired me but did greatly <laughs> and a wrestling shirt underneath the sweater okay. and then so but with the headshots it was anyway it, uh so now i like i talk about grass and it, but it's a weird thing where it's like i don't i think the bit is three hours long because i think like at first i was doing the same bit where it's like okay i gotta hit these marks because yeah. when i say kentucky bluegrass yeah. they laughed and i would be a slave <laughs> to like that bit but yeah. then i realized is because like people would ask me about their lawn and I would get into like three hours about it. I was like, you're fucked up. This is hilarious. <laughs> and it was like, do I, I don't even know that much, but like, it's more from like osmosis of like being in the golf course business with like yeah. grass. I've, I've worked with the Gretzky of the grass. Like, <laughs> I work with like a guy, he makes like $250,000 because he's good at making a golf course look green. <laughs> Uncanny. I remember like the first time they let me cut a fairway and this is a big deal. Because it's like, this is a $14,000 lawnmower. <laughs> it has hydraulic lifters and it, oh, like, oh it's crazy. God. And the, the, the edges are sharpened with lasers to get like <laughs> the, to make it the cut and the clip. You know, oh, it's my. all about the clip. You hit a rock? What do you mean? You, what do you mean you hit a rock? It's crazy because they got to take it apart and sharpen it again. Oh, it's not the first time you, because you need a helmet to wear it to, to drive this machine and it, you feel like maverick you feel like tom cruise walking to this like you gotta climb on yeah to the lawnmower oh and you gotta and then it's really boring because then you're just you gotta drive the thing is <laughs> you gotta make sure that the lines are straight because every once in a while they send the helicopter up to take pictures yeah. like maybe we're gonna do a calendar or something it's like if you're on the the, oh, sure. the calendar shift is like you gotta keep those straight lines going but it's just like driving and looking at a tree very far away and then clicking a button so that you don't cut the longer grass. Oh, so much wow. pressure. Yes. Yeah. And then so this guy, the first time I cut fairways, my boss, he stops me and he looks into like the grass clipping bucket and he touched it and he smelt the grass clippings <laughs> and he looked at me and he was like, we probably need more nitrogen. <laughs> And it was like, I remember because I, I laughed in his face. Like I tackled, <laughs> was like, what? Yeah. Nitrogen. And then he was right. We did wow. need more nitrogen. <laughs> you do. You need a lot of nitrogen to make grass green. Wow. That's yeah. so insane. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel it's like nuts. you and I just got schooled. Yeah. By Joey. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was because usually it's me being like, okay, let's do this. And I can just get you going. It's so good. Is it because I'm selfish? No, it's not. You're selfish. You're just so charismatic. That was like the hardest I've laughed in a podcast for. Oh yeah. I I don't know since when. I was just enjoying listening to you. No, it's great. It's great. (laughs) We should wrap it up. Uh, But thank you so much for coming on, Joey. It takes me 30 minutes to say goodbye. I know. I love it. I love it. I love it. I want to have you on our monthly show, and we start doing them again. By the way, monthly. We do monthly stand-up shows in this room. You do monthly stand-up shows. Not right now, obviously, but when we start doing it. So. You haven't seen my stand-up. But <laughs> yeah, I have. Not in a while, great. but. It's hard now. It's like with uh, having a daughter and only have done like 10 sets all year from COVID. It's hard. I need like, I need to go up with like a, a mm-hmm. like a manager. Like wrestling. <laughs> so like they, they can just like maybe like keep me on top as you can see. But thank you. Of course. Uh, before we go, is like for your fans just to say is like that it was an honor. Oh, and, like, 
Oh, you're one of those you. guys that you're you are very intimidatingly cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're intimidatingly cool, and uh, historically, I'm not. Uh, I've never been able to crack the cool circle. I disagree. So thank you very much. Thanks for yeah, coming on, Joey. Thank you. And uh, very nice to meet you. Too. Nice to meet you. This is awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everybody. This is nice.